Welcome to the Leadership Update Brief. Today's entrepreneurs and business leaders face change and transition as a constant part of daily life. Inspired by stories of today's military veterans and service members, we embark on a journey to explore their transformations and equip ourselves with new ideas and motivation towards mastering the challenge of working with dynamic and changing environments. Here's the host of the Leadership Update Brief and the guide to your journey, Ed Brixey. Hello, and welcome to the Leadership Update Brief on C-Suite Radio. I'm Ed Brixey, and this week we're speaking with Josh Spodek about entrepreneurship, taking the initiative, and building a lifelong passion, all of which are included in his upcoming book. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Today, I have the great pleasure of being here with Josh Spodek. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm very good and glad to talk to you. No, glad to have you on the show. Um, so you've got a book coming out. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, the book is called Initiative. And, you know, it was originally going to be based on a course that I teach in entrepreneurship at NYU. And I found that most, there's a lot of great resources out there for entrepreneurs, which are like Lean, for example. Almost all of them say you have to start with an idea and a team. And I kept having students come into my course who had no idea that, that they were going to start a project. And they kept doing, creating great, great projects that they loved, despite not having an idea and a team to start with. And I looked out and saw there's just not a lot of resources out there for how to start a project, even when you don't have an idea and you don't have a team. And I wanted to put that out. And it's, to me, one of the most important things to be able to do is create a meaningful project in your life that you love, which can be an entrepreneurial project, but when you make it more general like this, it could be doing something that gets you promoted, could be doing something, a project like a podcast, and things that serve others so much that they reward you back. Sorry, I just couldn't, I, that was a long answer, and no, that, I, as you can a, tell, there's some passion behind this. No, there is, there's absolutely some passion behind this, and I agree, it's, when you look at entrepreneurship, it's, the passion is really what ignites it, and you don't necessarily have to have the best idea, and most entrepreneurial ideas aren't that good to start with anyway. It's that iterative process, and I, in the first few pages of, the, of your book, I love showing that cycle of the passion, the initiative, and the action. Yeah, it's, even, you said that you, it starts with that passion, but even the passion, usually people, ah, it's not that they don't have it. It's usually that it's hidden underneath various protections and fears, because if I know what you care about, I can manipulate you, I can laugh at you, I can judge you. And so people, we've learned to keep that inside. And the way to get it out, I don't think is to answer HR questionnaires of like what job is perfect for you. It's an iterative process of starting small and building and building and building. Start with what, you know, just an interest of any sort. Well, even if it ends up being a passing fancy, it that's what leads to great passion. And if you take too big of a step, you can often, there's so many ways that you can step in a direction that doesn't help. But if you take baby steps and the book is, you know, gives you exercises, it gives you baby steps, man, it's such a different world when, when that comes out from inside and you have something that you really love. No, absolutely. I agree. And it's the baby steps are such a phenomenal concept because it is, it's those little lessons you learn and those small tweaks along the way that lead towards 
discovering a larger passion and lead towards discovering just that higher level of success as well. Yeah, I wish I could say I came up with the idea of baby steps, but this style of teaching, this style of learning has been around, you know, if you want to play a musical instrument, you want to play sports, you always start with practicing the basics, the fundamentals. And I didn't make that up. I just, I didn't make up that concept. I just created a set of exercises that start, you know, they're equivalent of playing piano scales or dribbling exercises in basketball that they're valuable for anyone. Even the greats still do them. And, you know, when you play music, when you play, when you act, when you play sports, it's not long before the very mechanical things that you start with somehow it's almost, it looks like magic from the outside, but it turns into authentic, genuine self-expression and you just naturally do what you want to do. Like in the middle of writing this, <laughs> Kobe Bryant won an Oscar for his movie, his short on basketball. And I think, how's Kobe Bryant winning an Oscar? What does he, to, what does he, what does he know about movies? But he wrote something that was a very honest expression that when you develop these skills, that comes out and you just, you just being yourself, people want to work with you. People, people honor that you can speak so authentically. And that's what happens with entrepreneurs and people who start their own projects is the project becomes an extension of themselves. No, certainly. And it's about the fundamentals too, because it's mastering those small scale skills and the ones that are repeatedly applicable or applicable in new ways in different situations and discovering that it, there's a lot of power within that idea. Yeah. I see my role as an educator, as an author is not to tell you the answers. It's to give you experiences where you come up with the answers yourself. That way you really internalize it. And that's what it's lecture case study. That's how I learned in business school. And it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not, it doesn't really get you. It doesn't get it viscerally, you know, in your gut. Mm. And, you know, there's plenty of studies that show that this style of learning is more effective project-based learning uh, that you retain more, you learn just as much and you retain more as if I just told you the answers, which is what I think of a lot of resources out there too. No, certainly. And it's something that when building a project or discovering a personal passion, there's no silver bullet to that. There's no one size fits all solution that, Hey, here's the process. Here's the 12 steps towards, you know, being a successful entrepreneur. There's a lot. Well, that I, I agree with that in general, although there's a lot of things that are, that are consistent. There's certain things that you really have to do. I mean, whether you want to play jazz or classical or pop or whatever, you're still probably going to start with a C major scale or, you know, you start with some really low level basics. Once you get up to a certain level, then everyone's going to go in a certain direction. Yeah. And then, for example, in the book, the exercises, and, and I give lots of stories about people who do these things uh, from the hundreds of people I worked with do, developing this stuff, that once you start going into your field and you start talking to experts, and I show you how to talk to people so that they treat you as a peer and they welcome you into their community. And, and actually, you speak to them in ways that I show you how, that they look at you as a problem solver in their field. Well, I mean, that produces, they start sharing their problems with you. And suddenly when, when valuable people share their problems, like, and you can, that tells you how, to, that gives you something to solve. And then they, you know, people who, people want problem solvers in the world. Mm -hmm. No, and, absolutely. And once they start going in that direction, that's unique. And everyone will go in their direction. You might go in one direction. I go in another direction. 
But what gets you moving in that direction, I think there's some similar basics for everyone. No, certainly. It's like you said, it's that C major scale and that those solid fundamentals and strong communications, that's absolutely probably the most fundamental skill for just people in general. Um, and it's the experiential learning, too, that you provide through the book that helps overpass a lot of what we see today within entrepreneurship and sort of the spectacle that it's become. Yeah, it's uh, we've turned it into this big show, a spectacle of like, you know, look, I have no qualms, I, 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 no negative criticism about, say, Shark Tank or the movie about Steve Jobs, that their, their job is to entertain and to bring you drama. And that's great. It's great for the advertisers. It's great for them. It's not necessarily the best way to get to improve people's entrepreneurial skills or to show them what entrepreneurship is like or to get them problem solving in areas that aren't necessarily for-profit ventures. I mean, the big problems of our world today, and there are plenty, are not necessarily for-profit things. I just yesterday read, I think it was yesterday, one of the examples I give in the book of a project, of, of, of an entrepreneurial, of, of, a, of something that someone started was... Um, uh, checklists in medicine. No one made any money off of this and it dropped problems in hospitals precipitously. And then it, there was just another report yesterday that came out that showed that it was like yet more results. And all the entrepreneurship resources in the world aren't going to find checklists, which save like, I don't know the numbers of lives, but it's, it's like tens of thousands of lives, something, something really big. No, I mean, it's like multiple, multiple, like double digit percent decreases in problems. Yeah, it's, it's fun cost. with a simple solution because you think of a checklist and it's something that, okay, a lot of us do or you see in other industries like the airline industry, every flight that goes off the pilots running through a very, very rigorous checklist and bringing that into a new domain, you can see a fantastic result from such just being able to apply a simple idea somewhere where for whatever reason, no one has thought of it before. And those are, you know, why Combinator is never going to bring someone out, like develop checklists. It's, there's, not, there's no money in it, but there's yeah. glory in it. And there's, I mean, there's saving lives in it. Mm -hmm. uh, that said, this technique, what I have, in, what initiative, the book will bring you the ability to create checklists, if that's your field, if that's your world. It also, I mean, one of the people, as I wrote the book, I, I was writing about Jonathan in the book, and he got into Y Combinator for the project that began doing the exercises in this book. And I was like, oh, great. You know, Y Combinator is, is like, mm -hmm. many people consider the, a pinnacle of like Silicon Valley type entrepreneurship. And it's good for this. It's good for that. I mean, these exercises are, are useful for that. It's also useful for, you know, my podcast, your podcast. These are things that come out of passion that I didn't know was there until I started doing it. No, exactly. It's, you've got some great exercises and the seven principles that you list in there, they're all around just solid principles for being a problem solver or taking a little bit better initiative, communicating more strongly with the people around you. Yeah, the idea of a lifetime comes once a month. I remember mm -hmm. when someone said that first to me, I was like, what? Of course, to implement it successfully may take a long time, mm -hmm. but that's such a great relief from feeling like if this doesn't work, I'm going to, I'm going to die or something like that. It's, oh, if this doesn't work, then the next one will come within a month and probably faster the more you've done this sort of thing. And these, these principles, these beliefs, when someone succeeds, they start, they have these beliefs. When people don't succeed, the same beliefs will hold them back or the, or rather the, the, the compliments of those beliefs hold people back from starting. It's really an amazing discovery of how much when we have a world that puts so much value on the idea, see, 
people who don't start, they think, I don't have an idea, I'm not gonna start. People who are successful, if I say to them, is the idea that you're doing now what you started with? No, it's almost always, no. Almost like it, always it, never, it, yes. That tells me that, that focus on the idea. Someone says, oh, I'm starting a company. Oh, what's the idea? That's a red herring. And it, it holds people back from realizing it's the social and emotional skills to have the confidence to develop your idea, to create relationships with people so that they help you develop that idea and bring it to market or, you know, or tell you that's the idea that's not one worth going with yeah. and go for another. Those social emotional skills, that's what makes someone successful. The idea is, 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 is merely the outward manifestation of that. And I develop the social emotional skills in the person or my exercises do, the book does. No, exactly. That strong sense of social emotional skills, emotional intelligence, whatever you really want to call it. It's the sense of personality outweighs any skills. And it was another one of your principles that struck me. It was, if you're going to pitch to people, they're going to judge you. But if you ask people and talk to and converse with them, that's where you're setting yourself up to get the help, the assistance and the aid in bringing this venture or project or something, whatever you're going after to a successful outcome. Yeah, in particular, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refine it a bit more, not just to talk to them, but ask them specific advice in a specific way. Because, you know, m- most people, if someone asks me for advice and I give them advice, I generally have a feeling of now they're going now they, now to succeed and it's because of my advice. So I want them to succeed. And so the way that I word how to make these conversations happen with increasingly valuable people in the field is to foster relationships where these other people feel like I, they, this is the other person thinking now you're going to succeed and it's because of my advice. And now I want you to succeed because I can take credit for it internally. And now you have important people in the field wanting you to succeed. They're going to open up the Rolodex. They're going to help you. They're going to give you advice. They're going to be there for, for you in the future. No, the phrasing is, and this, the way you pose the questions and the way you approach people in general, absolutely. It's about making it a relationship. It's about going past just a transaction and into something that's a lot deeper. Uh, you use the exact word. Yeah. It, many relationships in business are transactional. That's great. If I want to buy a slice of pizza, you know, here's two bucks. Give me a slice. Never going to see that person again. If you're going to start a company, you want someone to be your first client. You want someone to join your team before the revenue's coming in. That's got to be based on caring, knowing what they're after, what their, what their passions are, things like that. And that comes out of building solid relationships. I mean, every successful person I know in business says business is about relationships. A lot of people, it's about getting ahead for them and they miss that. And they consistently, the people who build it on relationships consistently outperform them. No, exactly. Because if you have strong relationships, you have that strong alliance around you. You have the good allies who are out for, it's nobody's best interest. It's what really the sum of everyone. It's taken away from the idea that business is a zero sum game. And that if you do it right, everyone wins. Yeah. And I, I will point out, there are hard business skills that are important for these things. I mean, I, the, you do have to do the financials and I walk people through how to do financials and things like that. Because if someone at, there's something about financials that do it, people hate Excel. They might not like it, but mm-hmm. if you don't, actually, I, you know, I give that really quick and dirty way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like disavow if, if any, if you show a, an accountant, how I showed you to do it, I disavow, you know, 
<laughs> or an accountant. It will help you later, mm-hmm. but this is really just to get the, the, the core basics. It's yeah, like a it's, sketch. It's getting that sketch. It's getting that framework and it's being able to say, okay, here's your idea. Here's the sketch behind it. Here's the framework behind how we want to implement it. But like you said, it's about feedback and flexibility and iterativeness. And if you have this solid 30 page business plan going out there and you're trying to show this to people and what you're trying to create, it's, it's not flexible enough. Something's going to go wrong and you need to be able to adjust and adapt that as needed. Yeah. To make a 30 page document, that's a lot of time you could have spent with your customers and with your employees, with your suppliers. And I'm not saying don't do those things, but I think this, if you follow the exercise in this book, you will already be funded. You will already have your operations going in a, you know, it'll have a life of its own before in less time than you would have taken to make that document. And then you can hire some, I think, yeah, I say the fastest, cheapest way to get an MBA is like, do this, do this project. I mean, you know, follow these, mm-hmm. develop your project. Eventually it'll start growing. You'll need someone to do some analysis for you. Hire an MBA. There's your MBA. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, if you're leading a project, I mean, I've, there's the old saying, never be the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. It's if you're the passionate one, if you have this idea and this germ that you want to see into fruition, then by all means, just find the resources and build the alliance to help you create that, I think is the larger story in entrepreneurship, not just I'm going to be the solopreneur that can do this all myself. That business is too complicated for that today. If you're going to sell, you've got to get the voice from the people who want to buy it. If you want to make stuff, you've got to understand what, you know, you got to know your suppliers. It's if you're going to hire people, you got to know why they're going to do it or unless you want to pay top dollar for everyone. Mm-hmm. People who, who are as into it as you are for their own reasons. And it all comes from the, it's the people stuff. I, I don't know if that sounds like soft or what, but it's, that's what makes things work. And a lot of these, you know, we're talking entrepreneurship because mm-hmm. that's our world, but you know, I, I, I gave examples of, of lots of people who they do things that aren't necessarily for-profit ventures, but are still wonderfully enriching to their lives. And, you know, you know, for students, one of them spoke, he spoke at a TEDx before he graduated. And one of them, she, she spoke at Harvard before she graduated. You think that got them into their next position yeah. pretty well? It's like, these are, you know, and they're written up in the Wall Street Journal and Washington Post and Forbes and Inc and TechCrunch. Uh, so it's, the stuff, it works very well in lots of different areas. No, absolutely. And it's going back towards being able to ignite that passion. And I think the larger side even understand what that passion is. A lot of us, like you said, there's, for whatever reason, we stay a little introverted. We're afraid to talk about getting out there and getting that little bit of a flame lit and understanding what that is, is critical for where we want to go, whether it's a Ted speak, whether it's going out and creating a venture, whether it's trying to do that little bit extra at work to get towards that promotion. You know my book as well as I do. (laughs) I read it. It was, I'll be honest. I completely devoured it. It was a fantastic, fantastic book. I thorough (laughs) one evening I sat down and late that night, I'm like, (laughs) I was flipped the last page. I shouldn't have talked. I should have let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it was definitely a labor of love and, and years of, I mean, a good decade of developing the course, refining it and refining it and refining it. And then 
that was just to create the course. And then there's working with all the students. And I, I tried to share how I learned from a lot of the students what worked, some things that didn't work. And then years of writing the book. And, you know, I, I'm glad to hear because it's, it's, you know, as you and I are speaking now, I'm not sure when people will be listening to our voices, but as you and I are speaking, it has not yet been released. Mm -hmm. And so I've had a very limited number of people who've read it. People so far have said that they like this one more than my first one. And the first one was a number one bestseller. So that's, that portends well. I, I'm, but I, I greatly appreciate your, your response because it's one of the first people who's not as part of like the, mm -hmm. the It's not part of that gosh. inner circle that, you know, never ask your family what they think of your projects. <laughs> it's what... Yeah, it's uh, actually my mom, <laughs> she, she's like, I don't like paragraphs with one sentence in them. And I was like, oh man, I was writing very dramatically. So I had to take a lot of that out. Mm -hmm. So she was, um, feedback is a gift. I learned from yes, one of my professors. It is, it is absolutely in everything we do. And I, I love because you dispel a lot of the common myths that we have around entrepreneurship. You dispel a lot of the common ideas that you have in order to achieve something great. And at the same time, you provide just real solid advice on how to move forward and pass these myths and call me your anecdotes and the exercises and starting off with what you have access to and making things an iterative process, not being afraid to take baby steps and learn as you go. Yeah. When I was finishing school, when I was getting my PhD, I should have been the picture book for someone who was going to succeed because I was getting my fourth Ivy league degree in a STEM, you know, physics. Mm -hmm. It's like, and I built a satellite that went up into space or, you know, at the time was about to go up in space and since then did. And Everything should have been perfect for me, but I didn't have the skills in here. Entrepreneurship got me out of that hole, but I was still doing the spectacle stuff because it was the mid nineties and you know, I wanted to be in the media and stuff like that, but I didn't know how to run a business. And so when things went bad, when, you know, post nine 11 recession, it was very, you know, everything dried up. It was a really difficult time. And I don't want people to have to go through that. And all the stuff that I learned was not useful for me then. And Look, I still love physics. Don't get me wrong. I, I will always love nature. But it didn't teach me how to work with people. And that's school in general. You know, I went to Columbia. The core is very, um, uh, it's not just science. You know, I, it's a very liberal arts education. But it didn't, it taught me, like I would read Plato and I'd learn about values. But I didn't learn my values. And I'd read about the industrial revolution, but I didn't know how to be industrious myself. And school, useful for giving facts and figures, useful for sports, I guess, and putting something on my resume. But people don't buy stuff from you because, or they don't do business with you because you have a GPA or, you know, they do it because you help solve their problems. And then I went to business school after that. And it didn't really teach, it taught what to do, but not how to do it. And so the best things in my life, the relationships I have with people that are give and take relationships, where we depend on each other, we open up with each other and we allow each other to see our vulnerabilities. And that makes a stronger team. That was all absent. And from my traditional mainstream education, despite my the top schools and the top degrees, this is what was missing. And all the stuff on, again, I don't begrudge people who make the, the spectacle of entrepreneurship great for them. But again, that doesn't necessarily help people who don't have an idea and don't have a team. And the, 
their passions are so latent and so covered up by the fears and the anxieties and the protections that they don't even know that they're there. This is for me bringing to the world what I found the best parts of life. And that's part of the reason why I didn't put the word entrepreneurship in the title is that it's, I don't want people to get too pigeonholed into thinking that it's just about making money or just about um, bringing a product to market. It can be that. And if that's your passion, then this will give that to you. It can be much, much more. And hence my passion in this. Wow. That's just really, <laughs> I, it was really from the heart, but uh, um, thank you for bringing me to that place where I just shared that. No, thank you for sharing. I mean, this is, it's truly a labor of love. It's a fantastic read. Initiative is coming out here soon on late May, correct? May 21st, yes. May 21st. So I look forward to seeing it hit the shelves. Josh, thank you so much for joining us here today. This has been a fantastic interview. Appreciate your time and your thank passion you as well. Initiative is coming out on May 21st, 2019 and is available on amazon.com. This is one of the don't miss business and entrepreneurship books for this year. Thank you all for listening. I welcome your comments. You can find me on social media, both Twitter and Facebook at BlueCordMGMT or on LinkedIn, search for Blue Cord Management. Our mail call episode is only a few episodes away. Be sure to email us at mailcall at leadershipupdatebrief.com with your questions. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast service. And as always, we're available on C-Suite Radio at c-suitenetwork.com. Thanks again, and I look forward to continuing our journey again soon. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. As a loyal fan of the C-Suite Radio show, I've got an incredible offer for you. Listeners to this podcast get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You will have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.